¿Dónde estás? Uh, bien. Estoy cansado, pero estoy cansado. Um, I'm fine. I don't, no, I don't want to put all my language superiority over everyone. We'll, we'll, we'll keep this in English. I mean, I could just riff in Spanish pretty hard out at the moment, but I'll hold, I'll hold back. Um, but no, I'm well. It's um, We're here in Lyon in Spain, and it, I think it's getting close to the general elections here in Spain because we're seeing a lot of uh, uh, advertising billboards for political parties. And just past us now is the Orange Ciudadanos uh, bus advertising their candidates. They're voting for change in this election. So if you're in Spain and you want change, uh, you vote for Ciudadanos. Yeah. Ciudadanos. That means citizens. Citizens, but exactly. But you need that. Oh, just for those out there that know. Don't know that. So, uh, welcome to the How Are You, Where Are You podcast. It's an audio travelogue of our adventures by bike. We're currently crossing Western Europe from London to Lisbon for B4, crossing the Atlantic to Cuba, then on to Mexico before riding all the way south to Argentina. Well, that's the plan anyway. We'll just see where our bikes take us. Our only deadline is that we've told our families we'll be back in the Hutt Valley, the magnificent Hutt Valley, along the Awakairangi River, in New Zealand by Christmas 2016 at the latest. Okay, and breaking news, we are now over halfway through the Camino. Um, we set off from saint jean de port uh, about a week and a half ago. So, um, yeah, we've we've passed the halfway point, which I think is Sargun. Is that, is that the halfway point in the Camino? Well, I don't know. I mean, the, the only way that we possibly knew that, because when we went camping last night, there was a sign on the uh, the door of the camping place saying, if you want your halfway stamps, bloody get them back in the town. We're not doing any halfway stamps here. So uh, we're like, okay, well, was, we didn't want a halfway stamp anyway. It was sort of the attitude of the people that managed that campsite. But anyhow, um, it just also for those people who uh, are interested, do keep listening because we have recorded a, a bit of a day in the life um, or on the Camino, so uh, so keep stay posted for that. Okay, so we're halfway through. It's a good opportunity to to look at um, whether it's meeting our expectations. Um, is it what we expected? Uh, last time in the podcast, we were about to climb the Pyrenees, so um, maybe just a quick glance back at how that went. Well, that was a, uh, a disaster, because we were still in France at that point. But, well, it wasn't a disaster. I mean, I was really looking forward to that day, but we kind of, like, blew a gasket. Uh, the climb was about just over a 1,000 metres, I think. But what happened is that... So there's a sort of biz, fairly busy road that goes up to uh, Roncesvalles, which is at, at sort of the top when you enter across from France into Spain. And um, we wanted to sort of stay off the road as much as we can. The guys in the office in uh, St. jean de port where you get your Camino passport, said to us, well, uh, no, it's quite a busy road. Try and stay off it where we can. But where we took off the, the side routes off that road, they were bloody hilly. We were like hauling ass basically up these really tough climbs. And then, um, so we're, we're sort of doing that, crisscrossing our way off the main road. And we basically missed a sign and we climbed an extra, what, 700 meters worth of altitude, another five, six K up the road for no reason whatsoever. We kind of got to this point, we're doing really well. We, we're climbing up these vicious climbs. Well, 
they were like <laughs> 15 16% at in places yeah. probably even 20 it was it was really hard and uh, we're, we're doing really well we're feeling really fit and but then, then we were like oh look the main road seems really far down now why are we so far yeah. from it and then we sort of got out the maps, followed followed through on our GPS, and we could see that that road led to absolutely nowhere. It wasn't even going to get us to Spain. It was a road to ruin. Yeah. And so after much debate and, uh, well, we didn't really... There was no debate. There was you being really, really annoyed and yeah. me and me being quite actually quite good about it, I thought. You were quite good about it. I mean, I was just a bit worried that, because I'd cooked my brakes a little bit, and so I was going to have to be very gentle on the brakes going down these sort of, those vicious descents, what they turned out to be. (laughs) And then we got back onto the climb, and it was just a long way. (laughs) It's like, uh, it, it was really draining, and it was a beautiful day. The views were amazing. But how did you feel at the top? Um, I nearly cried when we got to the top. And it wasn't because I was so happy. It was just, I don't know, it was just, uh, I just felt like I needed to release something. I just was really, um, it was tough. It was so tough. And I feel like I was holding so much in that when we finally got to the top, it just like needed to explode out in the form of tears. But I, I didn't I didn't cry in the end. And I just lay down on the grass for about two minutes and then we barreled down to the town and... Yeah, and moved and, on. And it didn't really finish there. You think when you get to a top of the climb that it's just be all downhill to Pamplona. But there were some two very, like... There were two other mountain passes that I had not been informed about. Well, I just showed you the, the general route going down. And, you know, you, you were, you were, if you had looked in detail, you would have seen. But, yeah. no, even I didn't expect those bumps to be a sort of nasty five kilometer long as they ended up being mm. we were pretty tired when we arrived in Pamplona but we had great hosts there and uh, yeah we felt immediately relaxed yeah. and happy again we were like <laughs> we when we uh, called up uh, Javier because uh, we got lost trying to find his place we were like oh man we're gonna have to speak Spanish because all, all our communication he was a warm showers host and all our communication been in Spanish but then when, we're, when we arrived, we were like, oh, we're going to have to speak Spanish. Oh, I'm too tired. Mm. And then it turned out him and his partner, Andrea, speak perfect English. Well, she's American. Yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah. During the day, I said to Baden, well, near the end of the day, I said, look, I'm not going to be particularly sociable tonight. And then we stayed with Javier and Andrea and just had the most fun <laughs> evening. Yeah, they yeah, gave yeah, us yeah. so much energy. It was incredible. But we've also, we stayed in, we've been camping, but we've also stayed in, one no two tonight we're staying in a pilgrim Mm. hostel but two of these pilgrim hostels um which has been really interesting actually interacting with the walkers rather than just zooming past them yeah i i really enjoyed the one we stayed in in balorado um it was just interesting to talk to these walkers who we've been sort of whizzing past and sometimes we're actually not even on the same roads as them so we're sort of on a, a road adjacent or just a little bit off but um uh, yeah, it was really good to sort of understand the motivations that people have for doing this and they're really admirable you know in St John Port, I sort of mentioned oh there'd be a lot of religios uh, it doesn't really seem to be that way at all it's people wanting to do a challenge and what I think is the main thing wanting the uh, experience of solitude of walking the Camino and yeah we saw a photo exhibition in Castro Jerez the other day and that really exemplified that point for me yeah it was 
it's it is quite a, a spiritual experience in that it's an opportunity to to learn more about yourself really um but uh, we also met um a, a really cool cycle tourist called johan and he's from the netherlands and he cycled the camino all the way from amsterdam and we kind of realized there's a real spectrum on the camino of um you know at one end would be if you got in your car and drove the route and then on the other end is if you are walking it carrying all of your gear and and you're really fully committed just and by yourself alone. yeah walking alone um and johan is uh, he was on his bike as well but he was doing it he was completely out of touch you know had no internet didn't bring his phone he was ringing his wife every night but that was all and he was doing it by himself and he was really feeling the effects after three weeks of cycling he was he was realizing that at the end of every day he would think to himself what what was i thinking about today and he'd realize nothing he just his mind was empty and he was completely at peace and he was loving it mm, yeah i mean this is the guy's had you no know, very busy life and he's retired now and oh he was just a such a lovely guy we had such a great uh, couple of evenings with him and we really learned a lot too about I mean, and the other thing with him is that he's just an adventure man. Yeah. Um, you know, so he he hasn't really done any cycling before before taking on this, but he's done lots of other things. Like he's a really great sea kayaker. He's done lots of circumnavigations of islands in Scotland, and yeah. and um, and oh, what's his other thing? Oh, he's a um, what do you call it? A husky? He's a sledding whisperer. guy. Dog sled. Dog yeah. sled. Yeah. And he's he competed in European championships and things. So he's, he's a full-on outdoors guy and gave us some really great tips. And um, Penny and Igor, our friends, gave us an emergency fire lighter thing where you can create a spark. We never knew how to use it. He showed us how to use it. It's very easy. <laughs> <laughs> but um, as far as, you know, when we were in St. Jean-Pierre-de-Port for the last podcast, we talked about not really understanding um, how the mechanics of the Camino and things like you get a credential book which is your um, passport basically as a pilgrim and you have to get it stamped and we weren't really sure how that worked but that's proved to be quite easy and now I'm quite addicted to getting all the stamps. Yeah it's like being uh, for you being back as a seven-year-old girl collecting (laughs) stamps from the garbage pail gang or something (laughs) but um, yeah that's sort of part of it as well just sort of you know we, we collect one where we stay and one where we have lunch and then whatever other stamps that Shelley feels like scabbing as well along the way. <laughs> but I think the, the thing that we are missing out on is uh, everybody who's um, traveling on the uh, Camino de Santiago generally has like a tour book, tour guide for the for the Camino. We don't have that. We didn't get around to buying one. And so I think we are kind of missing out on some of the finer detail of the places that we're visiting. Yeah, I mean, I console myself with the, that this is really just part of our trip. It's not is not our whole trip and you know for me I guess we're just treating it like a normal cycle tour and just seeing what comes I mean we're here in Lyon we're sitting in a square in the middle of town and I don't really know much about Lyon mm. um yeah, yeah. Will, will we fi- will we find out I guess when we cycle out tomorrow we'll see a few more cathedrals on the way out of town and get maybe get a bit more of a feel of what it's like in uh you know what Leon is all about but you know at the moment I'm just tired I want my dinner I I've had a shower so I feel quite nice about that <laughs> um, these are the sort of daily demands of cycle touring and it's you know again like we keep saying it's it's about what's in between is what's really important to us and enjoying the route enjoying the Camino and we are it's yeah. it's magnificent Spain is 
a lot more uh, the scenery is a lot more diverse than I thought it would be wanted to record some aspects of our day um, and you know it, it's a typical day really but in this case it's a day on the Camino de Santiago and it was day six so here's our audio diary. Good morning from Burgos. <coughs> it's um, 6.40, which is normally a bit later than we wake up, but we um, were feeling a bit lazy last night, so we didn't set the alarm for the normal 6 o'clock. Today we are going um, 55 kilometers or something to, I don't know, ex know exactly where, <laughs> Castro... Castro Jerez, is that it, Shell? Castro Jerez. Castro Jerez. Si. Good morning. Morning. How are you? I'm sleepy. <laughs> it's pretty much like this every morning. We are very reluctant getter-uppers, especially in our new lives of not really having to get up, but wanting to get up to avoid the, the early morning sun. Uh, the uh, midday sun. <laughs> it's really hard to think at this time of morning. I always have to stretch my back out in the morning. Okay, so uh, we're just kind of flapping out the ground sheet now to get rid of some of the dirt and moisture that's built up over the night. Um, we have packed up the tent. Uh, the panniers are all on the bikes and the campsite's sort of coming to life. Um, it's a really lovely sunny day, about 8 o'clock in the morning. And as per our rule, now that we have packed up the campsite, we can have our breakfast, um, which consists of two oranges and some bread with chocolate chips in it. Um, and then after that we'll head off and, and look for something that's a little bit more substantial. It's just after 10 o'clock here in Burgos. We are in, well I am in, the uh, San Fernando Plaza right here in the central. It's one of these beautiful big Spanish squares you get where you've got the, you know, the big centerpiece of the cathedral. You walk into the square via like a big stone arch. There's lots of people doing things, tourists taking photos of the uh, cathedral, people meeting. Uh, people riding their bikes through the square, walking to work. It's just a nice place to be. I'm just waiting for Shelley, who's just popped off to the post office to go and post a few postcards and uh, send our insurance form back to London. Sort of things you need to do, but 10 o'clock is really a bit too late for us to be going. We've only been going about 2 or 3k as we cycled in through this beautiful parkland uh, into the centre of Burgos. Um, but... Uh, we should probably set off soon. I'm getting quite hungry and because uh, we only had that small breakfast. So hopefully Shelley gets back soon from the post office and we can take off. Hola. Uh, una barra. Una barra integral. Sí. Ocha pata. No, 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 no. 
So we have stopped uh, finally after setting off. I think we've done already 17 kilometres and we still haven't found a shop. Normally we find a panaderia very, very quickly, but today no. So Baden's in there getting us some bread and um, maybe some snacks. So we'll have that and probably grab our lunch supplies as well. And then we will um, set off again. It's already getting warm. It's about 20 past 11. So we're not far off lunch now. Okay, it's lunchtime. We are at 1.30 now, I think, 37k along on our journey. And we're in a town under a tree, outside a church. This is kind of like our normal lunch place, isn't it? We normally, we normally break uh, about this time of day. It's particularly hot today. My, the temperature on my Garmin says it's about 35 degrees. That can always be plus or minus <laughs> five. Uh, I, I suggest it's probably about 30 degrees but this is what we normally do for lunch we normally stop off we we bought that bread that we um, got earlier the barra as they call it here um, it's basically the same as the baguette and we're having ham and cheese we normally try and squeeze something fresh in there as well we really crave uh, fresh food we don't want to sort of be eating out of bakeries every day We've got an apple and a banana, I suppose, but we normally try and get a tomato, and the tomatoes are outstanding in this part of the world as well. So, no, instead we've just got some processed ham, some processed cheese, but fresh bread. <laughs> so hopefully uh, that makes up for it. But uh, we'll talk to you after lunch. Okay, so today, as most days on the Camino, we've been following quite a big arterial route, a new road, and we've been riding on the old road that's now pretty much deserted. And then again, sort of running alongside that has been the, the walkway that the peregrinos use, so the kind of older, older route, pilgrim's route. But we've had to kind of pull away from the main road now, and we are trying to figure out exactly um, where we're going to go. And we've actually, we're, we're veering off the GPS route that you've, arranged Baden because um, the road looked terrible and we asked a shepherd whether it was the right way and he was shaking his head and telling us to go around. Pretty adamant. Yeah he's like no not this way go a different way. So now we have to kind of look and figure out where this little tiny village is on our map and uh, make sure we're going the right way. Um, otherwise we could be going up a very long climb for no reason at all. Okay, we are on our third climb of the day out of a little village called Vian Diego, I think. And we, oh my garment says it's 36 degrees right now. I believe it just by the taste of my drink bottles, they're really hot. But uh, it is climbing, is so it is very rewarding when you get up towards the top and you look back on what you've done. And uh, it does look really beautiful down there, looking out across Castilleon. Shelley uh, likes to listen to music, and I've been doing a little bit of that lately to try and motivate myself up the climb. I was listening to the cycling anthology soundtrack on Spotify earlier, <laughs> all cycling songs. 
oh, we're almost at the top now though. I think we're up at about 850 to 900 meters in altitude and oh, it's stunning up here. These are all like wheat fields and you see wind turbines out in the distance but we've just conquered our third climb of the day there, Shell. Well done. Just past a little crowd of peregrinos sheltering under a tree from the 3 p.m. hot, hot Spanish sun. There aren't really that many left on the road anymore because they, um, they start so early in the morning and then they finish up and head to their uh, accommodation and have an afternoon snooze usually around this time. We infrequently share the path with peregrinos because um, you know we're on bikes and um, sometimes the path isn't very good quality and also it's really tough the walk that they do but sometimes we get to see them um, usually it's in the distance and they've got their brightly coloured backpacks on and clothing and they're plodding along but um, it's quite a cheerful sight and in fact you know even though they're all wearing really modern clothes when when they're in the distance and you know they're just a silhouette there's something really timeless about seeing a walker crossing the landscape and and doing something as old as the Camino de Santiago. We're about 10 kilometers away from the campsite now so not long to go and we'll be setting up our tent. <laughs> so we've arrived in our last spot of the day. We're in Castro Jerez and we're here for two nights. And we, yeah, it's been a lovely day. We've done 58 kilometres and we're quite looking forward to putting up the tent. It's about 4.30 and uh, we're not really hot and bothered. Need an ice cream and a beer and maybe most importantly, a shower. Okay. So it's 5.30 and the pinnacle of any day on a Camino is to finish with a nice warm shower. I'm liberated now from my cycling shorts. Got to clean all the, the dust and grime of the day on the bike and then relax with a nice cold beer. That was day 38 for us riding the Camino. day six on the Camino and day 38 overall since we've left London. Do you think that was a typical day? Well, there was a couple of things during the day that uh, threw us off, you know, like we're, we got a bit angry with each other because <laughs> one, of the th one of the emotions that we have when the only real times that we get sort of angry with each other or a bit like tense whatever is when we're hungry and in this case we managed to cycle out of Burgos which is not an insubstantial city without um, getting any food or like knowing where our next uh, where, where we're going to eat next and so it got to what what was the time it was got to about 10 30 or so and we hadn't eaten yet we we're like come on we just no good <laughs> you just get a bit um, tetchy with each other and we're starting to learn that if we behave like that it's only because we're hungry not because we're like angry with each other it's it's <laughs> it's like a, another emotion <laughs> Other than angry, it's kind of like... Hangry. Hangry! <laughs> <laughs>
You guessed it, it's another What's in the Pot live special. <laughs> this time we're in our campground in Castro Hedis. And uh, we're doing a dessert this week. Now, normally what we do for desserts is that, well, in France especially, there's so many choices of little dessert and sort of yogurt type pots. And so we we'll have these sort of chocolate instant puddings quite a lot. In Spain, dessert's not that big. Um, you know, uh, when you um, offer a menu idea, uh, menu of the day, it's often f- first and second plates, and uh, desserts are an optional extra. But w- it's a hot summer's day here. It's just after lunch, and so we've decided to uh, make a little bit of a dessert. Shelley's hoeing in already. Yeah. And this dessert's got a bit of a weird origin. So when we were learning Spanish in London with our teacher uh, Jose Galindo uh, from Capsule Languages. Capsule Languages. If you want to learn Spanish go to Capsule Languages at Capsule Languages somewhere on the internet or Jose Galindo. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, brilliant. A really lovely guy and um, we were talking about desserts we liked and I said uh, ensalada de frutas and he was like, huh? I was like, me gusta ensalada de fruta. He was like, huh? And I was like, well, fruit salad. salad. You know, ensalada, salad, frutas, fruit. Put the two together, it's fruit salad. But no, not in Spain. And uh, apparently not in Italy either, Shelley was sort of finding out earlier. They call a fruit salad, weirdly, Macedonia. (laughs) So uh, I think it's slightly weird origins as to why they do this. But anyway, we've made a Macedonia. And I looked up on the internet what sort of things you could uh, w- generally put in a Spanish Macedonia. And, uh, you know, all your you know, beautiful fruits that you normally get around these parts anyway. But the other thing they sort of mentioned was brown sugar and a dash of red wine. But when I was in the fruit shop today buying the fruit, I said, um, oh, no, do I need, like, red wine to put in? She's like, huh? No, 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 no. <laughs> and I said, well, what do you do with the syrup? And she said, I oh, just use the juices from the um, fruits, you know, you, the juices from the orange, the juices from... Um, we have added some lemon juice. We, and we added lemon juice. She said, no, she said that was a good idea. She handed me a lemon. So what we've got in here, we've got a pineapple, apple, mm. kiwi fruit, peaches. Did I say pineapple? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, banana. Mm. And mixing it all together, it's exactly what you want on a hot summer's day. So there you go, What's in the Pot, live special from Castro Heris. So you, do you realize as well that a Macedonia is literally a mixture of any, it could be any unrelated items, it could be people, it could be anything that's unrelated, it's a mixture of unrelated things. Oh, I just thought it was just general Spanish kookiness. No, it's, yeah, so it doesn't just apply to fruit. Um, I thought Johan's vegetables last night. He was saying, oh, I picked up a can of mixed vegetables. They're from Macedonia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. I, no, sorry, Johan. These are, these are just general mixed veggies. Just weird Spanish name for mixed veggies. So what's next for us, Bay? We are, next time we do a podcast, we will probably have finished the Camino, right? Yeah, I think we will probably finish it uh, next week sometime. We, uh, we've got two quite big climbs to go. We, I think we start to enter Galicia soon. Mm-hmm. And everyone's sort of been saying, oh, watch out, there's a couple of big mountain passes coming up. So we've got that to look forward to. And also the weather, um, you know, it's been absolutely stunning. So hot. 
Um, well, I've never, I don't think I've cycled in these sorts of conditions before. I remember one time up in Alpe d'Huez in France, sort of touching the barometer at 40, but it's kind of been consistently above 30, apart, apart from today in the hardcore wind. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, but they say in Galicia, uh, what's that phrase about uh, rain in Spain? Uh, the rain in Spain falls mainly on the plain. No, uh, not that. Yeah, it's probably that actually, but, but it I don't think that any, apl- well, it doesn't apply. apply. No. <laughs> oh, but when you go into Galicia, we've been there before, and it's very green. So that tells me it rains a lot. <laughs> so I don't know. I think we we've had a very lucky run on the weather, and let's hope it continues all the way to Santiago. Yeah, and we so we've been to Santiago before um, with our good friends Sarah and Evan. Um, and I think that this time it will feel quite different. Um, I think we'll have a better understanding of what the peregrinos who are arriving, having finished the whole walk, what they're kind of feeling, um, having met some and seen them, you know, slogging along in the hot sun and, and today the hot wind. Um, I think it's going to be, yeah, kind of kind of a lot more special. Yeah, I mean, for the peregrinos, the pilgrims, it takes, what, 30 a lot of them spend 35, 45 days uh, doing this. We're going to be spending what, 12 days, maybe. I don't know. No, it's a bit more than that. Um, maybe 16, 17 days. We're, we're slow. I mean, we're um, going to drop down our kilometer per day rate because the terrain is very up and down and it's windy and we're getting tired of doing sort of longer days. And we need to, we're ahead of schedule, so we should just have a bit more fun a bit I guess and uh, not just like blow a gasket every single day exactly exactly hey we'd love to know how you are and where you are so you can get in touch with us by uh, heading along to the blog howareyouwhereareyou.com you can also email us howareyouwhereareyou at gmail.com you can get Baden on twitter at Baden C and on Instagram Baden Cycling I think I've got them all there yeah Um, so thanks very much for listening big thank you to Callum Campbell for all the original music in the podcast and we'll see you next time bye Bye. Bye.